0: Pantry Studio Production. The following may contain strong language and deals with adult themes. Listener discretion is advised.
1: It's hard to move on. You can't move on. If I don't keep her name out there, people are just going to forget. But if I keep this out there, people are going to know we're serious. We're not never going to forget Crystal.
0: As the sun sets on another day and the stress begins to melt Well, it's gone away somewhere. But there are those... ...who simply can't shake away that weight so easily. Imagine, if you can, losing a child. Then, just a bit over a year later... ...you've not even begun to get over the loss of your child... ...when you learn that you've lost your spouse. Well, all the questions that were in your mind as to what happened to your child... Well, now let's add your husband to that. But we began where it all, all of this, what, well, whatever this is, began. What is this? Oh, well, it would seem that this is as old-fashioned as time itself. Appears this is nothing shy of a murder mystery. A mystery that's nearly eight years so far in the making for this woman, this daughter, and mother of five. It's all the usual questions, who, what, when, where, how, and why. Well, we've got a pretty good idea about the when, and maybe even the why. Well, it's a possibility. It's something that put the small community of Bardstown, Kentucky, in the national spotlight, but this wasn't going to be the last time, oh no. As a matter of fact, people all over the nation started asking, what in the hell is going on there? These are the Mountain Mysteries, and this is episode 17, When Night Falls, The Mountain Mystery of Crystal Rogers.
1: I will be the last to fall. I won't shed a tear for them to see. There are over 1.9 billion square acres in the United States alone, and 24% of those are mountainous. The secrets that these regions hold are enormous. Reports of mysterious creatures, strange sightings and sounds, ghosts and murders, and those who have seemingly vanished. They are questions that need asking and answers worth finding. These are the Mountain Mysteries. Here's Chris Sloan.
0: Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Mountain Mysteries. I'm your host, Chris Sloan, and... Again, thanks to all of our Patreon supporters. Log on to www.themountainmysteriespodcast.com and support us in any way you can, including sharing the information, telling people about the Mountain Mysteries podcast and what it is that we're doing. This particular episode is about the disappearance of Crystal Rogers in Bard's County, uh, Kentucky. It's one of those that we're continuing to look into. We had Jason Ellis. Then we just last week had an episode about Kathy and Samantha Netherland. This one is about Crystal Rogers. So as you can see, we're up to number four here out of what I like to call the Bartstown Five. And it's five people that are either missing or murdered, and there's been no arrest in the case. There's been no convictions in the case. Nobody's talking, even though that there's massive rewards out there. We'll deal with that here in a minute. First off, I want to talk about a couple of facts that you may or may not know about Crystal Rogers. Okay, for example, number one, uh, according to her boyfriend at the time, Brooks Houck, she was last seen on the night of July 3rd, 2015. Now, this guy had an interview with Nancy Grace, said that she stayed up all night or very late that night playing games on her phone and was gone the next morning from the house where they lived with her two-year-old son, Eli, and other kids. Brooks did not report her missing for two days and ultimately it was her own family that went to the police on this one. Her mom, Sherry Ballard, told Brooks, look, I'm going to go to the police department and report her missing and he said, that's what you should do. On July 5th, police found Rogers' maroon Chevy Impala abandoned with a flat tire on the shoulder of the Bluegrass Parkway. That's not such a big deal, but what is, is that her purse, keys, and cell phone were located inside. Now, here's where I get a problem with this. And you know what I'm going to say. Any woman typically may not be be always but most of the time I think we can agree they keep their money or credit cards things like that in their purse right okay well then the keys are in the car you're not going to leave your keys in a car while you go try to seek help to get a flat tire changed most people if the motor is still running air conditioner good because remember here we're talking about July 3rd it's hot they're going to roll up their windows turn on the air conditioner make a phone call on that cell phone and wait for help Be it AAA or be it a family member, whoever. If you leave your car keys and your cell phone and your money, which, you know, if you call somebody, chances are, you know, if it's a tow truck, you're going to have to pay for it. Anyways, if you leave all this stuff behind, you're going to have no way of doing that. Why would she have done that? Simple answer is she wouldn't have. So anyways, Sherry Ballard is the one that winds up making the police report to Bardstown Police department, that her daughter Crystal's missing. Well, it's not long after that that this thing hits the national headlines. Because remember, at this particular point we've had the mysterious death of Jason Ellis, a Bardstown police officer, who was ambushed, shot, and killed on Exit 34 in the Bluegrass Parkway. Okay. Then, after that, wasn't long, about a year, a little over, we had two more mysterious deaths. We had, um... Kathy and Samantha Netherland a special education teacher and a high school student and this keeps on going now we're up to 2015 so we had 2013 Jason 2014 which was Samantha and her mom Kathy now 2015 Crystal shows up missing now we know that the first three people are deceased they've passed away they were murdered To this day, nobody knows what the hell happened to Crystal, where she's at. I mean, it's common assumption that she is dead, but there's been no body found yet. Roger's family was suspicious of Brooks Houck from the very beginning. As soon as Crystal went missing, Brooks said that he was not initially worried about it because... She'd often go out with her friends and stayed late, sometimes not coming home to the next morning. The Rogers family called bullshit on that one. They were immediately concerned and drumming up every ear that would listen to them to hear the story and why they were concerned. Brooke Ballard, who was Crystal's sister, said that these stories just don't add up. You don't go to bed one night and not know she's gone and then not worry about why and when she left the baby. Furthermore, the family of Rogers, Crystal, said that this guy, Brooks Houck, has not even offered to help search one time or help do anything for the family, she said. It was in an interview with Nancy Grace that Brooks admitted that he and Rogers had a stressed relationship at times, but he emphatically denied having anything to do with her disappearance whatsoever. No, no, this isn't me. I didn't do this. Now, according to him, he's 100% completely innocent in this, And he is tired of the criticisms. He is tired of being able or being made out to look like a murderer, even though behind the scenes he said that his polygraph test was determined to be inconclusive. Kentucky State Police officially named this guy, Brooks Houck, as a suspect in Crystal Rogers' disappearance in October of 2015. He continued to deny the connection to the disappearance, said that his whole family's name is trashed, for something that he had nothing to do with took a lot of energy and effort he said I can't even go onto the side of the road without looking like I killed somebody and it's starting to get silly he said he didn't need an attorney because he was innocent and to him once again this was ridiculous now the flip side of this coin is Brooks has never been charged or arrested in connection with Roger's disappearance oh why? well I'm glad you asked that question that's, that's a good question It would appear as though the reason that this guy has not been arrested, and this is just a thought, like I told you, I'd be popping some opinions in there. In the United States of America, in our judicial system, in our criminal judicial system, we have a thing called double jeopardy. States, in layman's terms, you can't be tried for the same crime of murder twice. One time, you get one shot at it. If you don't get it, then he walks, or she walks, whoever it may be. So it would stand to me that the police reasoning behind Brooks not being arrested is simply because they want to make sure that they got enough on this guy to put him under the prison. They want to make sure he's not going anywhere for the rest of his life, if he doesn't wind up going to Eddyville. Now, Brooks' brothers, speaking of cops was fired from the Bardstown PD after he was accused of interfering with this investigation. We're going to get to the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for there? Theories, yes, of the Kentucky State Police here in just a minute. Theories hold water with these guys. Makes sense. Anyway, it was uh, the 16th of October? Yeah, 2015. That Brooks' brother, Nick Halk was fired from the Bartstown Police Department and, according to the reports that we've received, it was for allegedly interfering with the investigation of Crystal Rogers' disappearance. Now, Nick was accused of warning his brother that detectives planned to interview him and advised him not to speak with him. Nick later on told the Kentucky State Police that he only contacted his brother to tell him that they might be trying to trip him up and that he should protect himself. Well, it wasn't long after that that Nick failed a polygraph test, a lie detector test. That was conducted by an examiner from the Federal Bureau of Investigation. He said that he confronted Nick with the results. Nick denied that he was lying and saying, I don't give a God fill in the blank about your effing computer or what it said. You're calling me an effing liar. And I don't like it when people call me a liar. Subsequently, police released footage from the Hout brothers separate police interviews. Now, Again, we should note Nick has never been charged or arrested in connection with Rogers' disappearance. Now, Brooks and Nick had a friend. This guy was named Danny Singleton. Well, in December of 2015, he was arrested on 38 counts of false swearing after he allegedly lied under oath to a grand jury in relation to the investigation of Crystal Rogers' disappearance. Singleton was a close friend and longtime employee of Brooks Halk. He later pleaded guilty and was released from jail after being in custody for about six months. Other members of the Houck family were caught up in the investigation, too. It wasn't just these two. When the Houck brothers' grandmother, Anna Whitesides, was subpoenaed to appear before a grand jury in 2016, she was 82 years old. But she invoked her Fifth Amendment rights, would not testify for fear that she might incriminate herself. Well, investigators had wanted to ask about a white car of hers that they believed was connected to Rogers' disappearance. You see, apparently she had sold this white Buick. Or had this white Buick. Police theorized that this white Buick was what was used to transport Crystal's remains. They found it out there on the Hawk farm. But she wouldn't answer any questions to anybody. Now, Whiteside's lawyer said, you know what, there's a lot of things. Particularly... In a high-profile case like this, where there is a frenzied investigation going on, like there is right now, that could ensnare an 82-year-old woman, well, the Constitution does give her the right to invoke her Fifth Amendment rights, and she did. It was later on that August that Whiteside's home was searched. So were the homes of Nick Halk and his mother, Rosemary Houck. Several pieces of farm equipment were seized... Wysides' home was again searched in July of 2017, after the death of Crystal's father, Tommy Ballard. Now, the Wysides have never been charged or arrested in the connection with Rogers' disappearance, either. But it is rather odd that just a little after about 17 months, Crystal's dad was killed in an unsolved hunting accident on his own land, nonetheless. That was November 19, 2016, just before Thanksgiving. Tommy Ballard was 54 years old, shot in the chest by an unknown person while waiting in a field for his grandson so they could go hunting. Now, apparently he had sent his grandson back to the vehicle to get something that they'd forgot, and shots rang out, or a shot rang out, hit him in the chest, killed him. Sherry told, and this is Crystal's mom, Sherry, told WDRB that when that happened to my husband, it was no accident. Now, Sherry believes that Tommy was getting way too close to finding out what happened to Rogers when he was killed. And perhaps that's also the motive for Crystal's disappearance. Perhaps. She overheard something. Well, if that's the case, what did she overhear? One theory goes that she overheard information concerning the death of police officer Jason Ellis in May of 13. Well... If you've got who did it, next comes the motive. Why did they do it? Police already know how they did it. They hit up on a bluff. 12-gauge shotgun took him out. But why? What was the reason? Was that related to the BMG or the Bardstown Money Gang? Or what was it? Had Jason stumbled on something? Anyways, we could go on with that theory all day long, but... One of the theories concerning Crystal's disappearance is that she found out, or she overheard them talking. Well, you know what they say about people that know too much. Bad things can happen. It's a working theory. Anyways, it was about a year later, in April of 2014, a 48-year-old teacher, special education teacher, at an elementary school named Kathy Netherland and her 16-year-old high school daughter, Samantha, were found dead in their home. Well, Kathy had been shot multiple times. Samantha, though, had been bludgeoned about the head. That's very close and very personal. Both women showing knife wounds to their necks. Again, the motive and whoever did this have never been determined. Now, it was in the wake of the Tommy Ballard shooting that a longtime Bardstown resident named Betty Greenwell told WDRB. All these killings and murders and things that are going on here, well, it makes you nervous, very nervous. Oh, yes, Betty, I know it does. I'm sure it does. But if we go back in time just a little bit, we'll find that this is not the first thing that's happened to the Ballard family. If we turn back the clocks to 1979, it seems as though Crystal Rogers' aunt, a lady named... Frida Shareen Sherry Ballard went missing from Bartstown then. Now, the Kentucky Standard said the 19-year-old at the time was over seven months pregnant when she disappeared. Her remains weren't found until August of 1983. They were discovered on a farm close to where Roger's car was found. Her estranged husband, Edsel Eddie Barnes, and another man named George Weir were eventually convicted and sentenced to life in prison for that murder. Something else here, too, is odd. Signs have gone missing. Yeah, the missing signs, you know, reward offered, normally has a picture of the person on it, almost always. Well, since her disappearance, Rogers' family has plastered signs around Bardstown and its neighboring communities, as you would imagine, and they're asking for any information on Rogers' whereabouts or disappearance. If somebody knows that it was something else, please come forward. Well, in July of 2017, Brooks Houck's current girlfriend, Crystal Maupin, was arrested after she allegedly was caught on camera ripping up signs connected to the investigation. On the one-year anniversary of Tommy Ballard's death, signs showed up around Bardstown speculating about Brooks' involvement in Roger's disappearance. Roger's family does not know who's responsible for those signs. Finally, all these cases are remaining unsolved. As of right now, anyways and As for the disappearance of Crystal Rogers and the shooting death of Tommy Ballard, no one has any information. So they say, which I think is a crock. There's a lot of money on the line for this, but yet, and, and that normally serves as a great motivator for people to come forward and say what they know, but They don't. So what's the motive for that? People always act on a motive. There has to be a reason why you either do or do not do something. My feeling is is that they're afraid the same thing would happen to them. Roger's body, at least as of this date, has never been found. Now, the Kentucky House of Representatives and State Senate passed a resolution honoring them, as well as the victims of the other unsolved Bardstown murders, and urging witnesses to come forward, but really... That is, to me, almost an afterthought. If they really want to find this, then get more people out there. Get more boots on the ground. Get more people digging into business and affairs of those who they suspect are guilty. That might be a good idea. So ever since then, this has been a waiting game for Sherry Ballard, and it's not been easy. It's not going to be easy, and it keeps getting more difficult. She recently sought visitation rights for her grandson, Crystal's child. Judge turned it down, said absolutely, and apparently she can't have much of anything to do with the child. Reason for that, according to the judge, is that there's too much anim- animosity between her and the house. I understand that the judge has got to do what's in the best interest of the child. I get that, but still, even supervised visitations with police present, once a weekend? Once every other weekend? Something. Well, I'm not a judge, and maybe there's a reason for that. The FBI is now involved with the Crystal Rogers disappearance. That's a big deal. That's a big thing. But the big question is, what are they doing to solve the case? Well, according to Brian Jones, who is an assistant special agent in charge at the Louisville FBI office. That's a pretty good question. He said that during the past six months, what have they been doing? Well, they've collected a lot of evidence. Now, remember what we talked about, about why the guys where no one's been arrested yet. Remember, one chance. If they're not found guilty, they walk and can't be tried for it again. So, yeah, authorities are going to be collecting evidence and making sure that they've got enough to throw whoever did this under a damn prison for eternity. Now, according to Jones, who, again, is with the FBI, they're analyzing a lot of evidence. And the evidence that's being analyzed right now, well, how useful is that going to be for a case that happened back in 2000, what was it, 15? Well, that's an interesting question, too. Technology's changed a lot, though, in just the last few years. Since the disappearance of Crystal, the technology, when it comes to cell phones and tracking capabilities things that they can do uh, through court orders, the things that they collect with new information that can come available from this. They weren't able to do that back then. Now, oh well, this is a whole nother ball game. With this new technology surrounding cell phones, well could that become a roadmap to show who was where and when? Anybody that's got an iPhone knows that you can track your iPhone with Find my iPhone. Or whatever it's called. You know, with smartphones, there's a lot of private companies that track a lot of locations and information with the individual's phones. So they're going back and taking a look at some of that information and looking at it very closely, according to Jones. There is one question, though, that Ballard hopes this technology will answer. How did her daughter's car get to the Bluegrass Parkway with a flat tire and her belongings still inside? Now, according to Sherry, she does not think that her daughter was ever on that Bluegrass Parkway. She's never thought that from day one that she was on the BG. A part of that investigation goes that the FBI has a number of cell phones in its possession, but they would not say how many or who they belong to. I get that. It's an open investigation. They're really tight-lipped on sharing specifics. Now, Special Agent Jones said that agents collected a lot of good information in their summer raid that they didn't have before. And he said a dedicated team is working full-time on this case. They're at the stage where they're nearing the end of the investigation. And they will be taking the results of the investigation and turning them over to the prosecutors for their review. The FBI is working with the U.S. Attorney's Office, the Kentucky Attorney General's Office, and the Nelson County Commonwealth's Attorney and any of those agencies that will ultimately decide if there will be charges and against whom and when. Of course, Sherry is still playing the waiting game. She wants to know how much longer. How much longer. I hope it's soon. Investigators believe, of course, that Rogers was killed, but they don't need to find her body to bring her killers or killer to justice. Can't help but think about this stuff, though, especially if you're a parent. What did your child go through? How much more patient do I have to be and how much longer can I be patient? Well, at least for right now, that waiting game continues. There's a chance that there could be federal charges and state charges for her disappearance. The FBI has said that they're not bound by the fact that they haven't found Crystal's remains. Not at all. And just like the season's change in Kentucky, Ballard hopes for a change in the future of her daughter's case and for justice, if not closure, which I think you never really get. But maybe some form of justice. Somebody pays for this. The people that did it pay for it. She says she has so much more hope now to look forward to. And she just clings to that hope and she goes with it And she knows it's going to happen. Yes, I believe it's going to happen. The FBI said that it's nearing the end of its investigation. It didn't give a specific time frame, though, as to when it would wrap up. And you may remember seeing IRS agents or heard about them being at Brooks Halk's farm during the FBI raid. Well, the FBI said that that part of the investigation invokes a potential criminal tax violation. Now, back to that theory that we were talking about. You know, the one where the Kentucky State Police detectives have an idea of what happened? Oh, my, yes. Well, here's their theory. Brooks Houck confronted Crystal Rogers about having an affair on the night of July 3rd, while the two of them were at his family's farm. Houck's overreacted and killed her. Then he called his brother, Nick, you know, the cop from Bartstown. To help get rid of the evidence. Well, that's the theory that Kentucky State Police detectives laid out to former Bardstown officer Nick Hauck near the end of a 104 minute interview on July 15th, 10 days after the 35 year old mother of five was reported missing by her family. KSP detectives John Vaughn and Ryan Johnson both told Nick, well, let me put it this way they feel he's full of shit. They don't believe either his or his brother's claims of coincidence and, oh, yeah, amnesia surrounding the days immediately following the report of her missing. Now, there's a paper out there called the Kentucky Standard. They obtained a video of the interviews of Nick Hauk on July 15th and Brooks Houck on July 8th in response to an open records request filed with the city of Bardstown after Nick Hauk was fired from the department. Apparently, he was fired for interfering with an investigation. Now, according to Kentucky State Police Detective John Vaughn, he said that we all have times where something just happens. He probably found out that some other police officer or some other person in the town was cracking Crystal, and that very easily could happen. Your brother found out about it, confronted Crystal about it, and when he did, probably tried to maybe do something to her. As far as making her understand, that wasn't going to fly with him. And then after that point, maybe it just went a little bit too far. Vaughn continued to say, when it went a little bit too far, he couldn't turn back time. Dunn killed her, that's over. And since he can't turn back the hands of time, who's he going to reach out to for help? Well, there's one person that he trusts and knows that will help him out. And that would be his brother, Nick. The cop. Investigators told Nick that they thought that he was dragged into a cover-up by his brother, first only giving advice to Brooks. But then they said that he later became a little bit more involved and used his police cruiser to move the body? Well, that's new news, wasn't it? As evidence, investigators claimed the KSP Forensics Lab discovered bodily fluids on a blanket found in Nick's police cruiser after It was seized by the Nelson County Sheriff's Office, which was conducting the investigation into Roger's disappearance before the FBI came in and took over. Well, the detective said that the lab used luminol and chemicals used by forensic specialists to detect trace amounts of blood during investigations. And this was apparently on a blanket and in the trunk of the Bardstown police cruiser. Johnson asked Nick, why in the hell would your trunk look like a Smurf if they sprayed it? Why would it fluoresce? Vaughn added, it lit up like Chernobyl. Nick said he didn't have any idea. There shouldn't be any bodily fluids in the trunk. Nick said he had placed the blanket in his cruiser when he was going to use it to protect furniture while he was moving into a new home. And had left it in his cruiser until he could return it. Well, besides the questions about the blanket and the alleged bodily fluids, investigators also questioned Nick at length about the night of July 8th. You see, that was the same day a sheriff's detective questioned Brooks, an interview that ended after Nick called his brother and warned him to shut up, warned him against speaking to Nelson County Sheriff's Detective Jonathan Snow. It was shortly after Brooks' interview with Snow ended that investigators said that they had video evidence of the two brothers arriving together at the family farm. According to a clock on the wall of the interrogation room, Brooks left the interview at 10 minutes past 7 o'clock in the evening. The two left the farm together at 11.22, police said. What we need to know is why you both went down to the farm. That's what Johnson asked. Nick said that he couldn't remember. He said at other times during the interview that he didn't recall meeting Brooks at the farm at all. At several points during the interview, the Kentucky State Police detectives voiced their doubts about the veracity of Nick's claims. Vaughn said, hey, whoa, something's just not adding up here. One plus one always equals two. Well, throughout the interview, Nick maintained his own innocence and his brother's. Also said several times that the two of them had not discussed Roger's disappearance at any length. He had never asked Brooks if he killed her. Nick said that I'm not going to cover something like this up for him. Just not that kind of guy. Furthermore, there is no way that he had anything to do with this. If something happened to her, it wasn't because of something he did. Well, at the end of that interview, Nick agreed to take a polygraph test the following Monday. According to documents filed in Nick's administrative hearing that led to his firing. He later backed out of that agreement. Bardstown Police Chief at that time, Rick McCubbin, filed documents during an administrative hearing, indicating Nick finally took the polygraph on July 24th and that the test indicated he was lying on several of his responses to that test. So what was it that happened to Crystal Rogers? If you want just a humble opinion, I think she's dead. And it's good to know that the FBI does not need her body to bring a case forward against whoever it was that committed this. But it sure would be nice to bring her home and put her to rest if she is in fact dead. So maybe her mother can see some form of some kind albeit so small amount of peace. I cannot even begin to imagine what that woman's going through. It's horrible. Now if you have any information please come forward. Give the FBI a phone call. They're based in Louisville. Their number is 502-263-6000. Again, that's 502-263-6000. And of course, there are rewards being offered for information that leads to an arrest and convictions in these cases. Again, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, Louisville Field Office, 502-263-6000. They're located uh, at Sycamore Station, Next week on The Mountain Mysteries, we'll discuss the case of Tommy Ballard, Crystal's father, as we wrap up our look in to Bardstown, Kentucky. Don't forget to pay us a visit online at www.themountainmysteriespodcast.com. And also, like and follow our Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash themountainmysteries and join us each Thursday nights at 8 o'clock for The Mountain Mysteries gatherings. Until the next time, for The Mountain Mysteries, I'm Chris Sloan. Stay mysterious.
1: If you enjoy The Mountain Mysteries, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. That helps us so much. You can also help support The Mountain Mysteries by visiting our sponsors, whose links are below, or by donating at Patreon or the PayPal link shown in the notes. Patreon subscribers will receive early commercial-free episodes and more.